0: Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms Podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. We've been talking a lot about frugality and budgeting tips recently. However, we've not touched upon how minimalism can actually be a tool to help us reach debt freedom. Joining me today is fellow minimalist, Lauren Hooper, to talk about the impact that minimalism has had on her debt freedom. She answers how exactly we can utilize our minimalist habits to finally become debt free, why it's important to consider the true cost when shopping and more. But before we get to the conversation, I wanted to ask how you've been enjoying my new book, Minimalist Moms Living and Parenting with Simplicity. So far I've heard wonderful feedback and have been blown away by the positive responses. If you've recently finished or are about to do so, would you do me a huge favor and leave a review on Amazon? It really helps others find the book and prompts the publisher to print more copies to keep in stock. Thank you so much in advance for your time with this. I've included an easily accessible link in the show notes for you. And again, thank you to everyone who supports The Minimalist Moms by listening, leaving rating and reviews, or just following along on social media. I just thank you so much for being here. Lauren, thank you so much for joining me today on The Minimalist Moms podcast. Thank you for having me, Diane. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really excited to talk about just living a debt-free life and how you've personally got there. I don't actually know your story, so I'm, I'm excited to hear it for the first time here. But before we get into all of that, I will allow you to introduce yourself to the listeners and maybe share how you've come to more of a minimalist and intentional lifestyle within you telling your story. So go ahead.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So my name's Lauren Hooper. I live just outside of Huntsville, Alabama, which is um, in North of Alabama. Um, I live with my husband who is an engineer and we have two children, a boy and a girl. They're six years old. They're twins. And we have three rescue dogs. I'm currently studying finance at our local university. I actually graduate this May. And I am so excited about it. I've been back in school for a while now. Mm -hmm. Um, I also teach part time for Pure Bar, which is a local fitness studio. They have locations all over the United States. That's like my fun employment job. I am very passionate about minimalism and personal finance and sustainability. And I'm very lucky to be a part of a community of women who are talking
0: about these things online. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, how are you debt-free? I
1: am. Yes. My family and I, we are completely debt-free.
0: Okay. That's what I thought. So I'm curious how that all came about. Like what prompted you to start living in such a way? Was it when you had kids or was it before that? Tell me more about your story.
1: So it was long before my husband and I had kids. Our debt-free journey is a little bit nonlinear. so it wasn't really this straightforward like we're gonna be debt free and we're gonna stick to it and and it just was you know easy peasy, which I think is a lot of people's experience um, when they are introducing something new to their life. I started um, when I, I went to college initially right out of high school, and when I went to college, I was lucky enough to have scholarships and grants that did cover the majority of my expenses, but I did end up having to take out a few student loans, and as I was in my first couple years of school, I was pretty good about keeping my expenses low, but the further that I got into school, I just kind of let loose. And I started taking out the max allowable loans that were offered to me each semester. And what ended up happening was, after four years at this university, my grades fell and I was kicked out of the university. And I had $26,000 in student loans. $6,000 in credit card debt. And I also owed back tuition for the last semester that I had failed. So I had $32,000 more, more than $32,000 of debt. And I had just been kicked out of college and I was so embarrassed. And I realized like, okay, you've been living this lifestyle where you haven't been paying attention. I needed to get it together. And that was really what propelled me to start paying attention to personal finance. And I just, I dove into the world of personal finance of finding things to motivate me to stick to a budget. I knew what a budget was, I had been using a budget, but I didn't have the self-control and the habits in place to actually stick to that budget. So I just really immersed myself into the world of personal finance. And eventually I found a job that allowed me to start paying back all that debt. And I just really like, I stuck to it. I lived and breathed paying off debt and I stayed incredibly frugal and just focused on lots of work and putting any little extra bit of money that I had towards those loans. And it took about three and a half years because I wasn't making very much in that job. I didn't have my degree and I, but I, you know, had enough to kind of get by and it took me about three and a half years to pay off Mm -hmm. that thirty thousand. dollars But in that time, there was a lot of changes. I had two promotions. I got married. Um, my husband and I, we paid for our wedding cash because he also is pretty frugal. I'm really lucky that I found a partner who was kind of already living that lifestyle. He was like the opposite of me. He had no loans. He had no debt. He right after, uh, right when we were getting married, he was going into a master's PhD program and he'd like set it up so that he didn't have to pay for tuition like he was gonna eight years of school three degrees no debt like this man knew what he was doing and so I was grateful to find him because he really supported that decision of mine to just go at that debt and stay out of that debt and we were so excited when we paid off my last uh payment for my student loans and We celebrated by getting a car loan because we were adults and we needed a new car. We were telling ourselves this message that a car loan is totally acceptable. In one day in getting this car loan, we went back into even more debt than I had had before when I got out of college. So our car loan was $37,000, $37,000, which is crazy for me to to think about that now. And then two months later, we found out that we were that I was pregnant with twins. And we were like, all right, we got to stay frugal. We, we got to make it work. After after my husband graduated, that's when we moved uh, to Alabama. I'm originally we're all originally from Florida. I was born and raised in Florida. Our kids were born there. And when we moved up to Alabama, I'd been working full time um, when my kids were really young when they were born, but I started staying home and my husband went to work now that he'd graduated. Mm -hmm. And I just immersed myself again in becoming debt free because I realized we're going to need to get out of debt if we want to buy a house, if we want to live somewhere nice. And that's also when I found minimalism. And that was like the missing part of the puzzle of I had been wanting to be this person Mm -hmm. who wasn't buried in debt, who uh, wasn't constantly having to like pay off things. And minimalism was that thing that I needed to get me. Where I wanted to be. so we we stayed frugal. We lived in the cheapest apartment that we could find in our area. We paid off the car loan super quick. Then a few months of my husband getting his new job, and we saved up a ton of money to put a down payment on a house. We found a really inexpensive house in our area. We're really lucky we live in a low cost of living area. Um, and we got a four bedroom two bathroom for a mortgage of, well, the total cost of the house was $177,000. And then we had, of course, less for our mortgage since we put money towards it. Um, But we just stayed frugal. We just stayed paying attention and being intentional to what we were spending on. And this last March, less than a week before the whole world shut down, Mm -hmm. we made our last payment on our mortgage and we are now hundred percent debt-free.
0: Wow. That's so amazing. Well, congratulations. That first of all, that's amazing. And I'm wondering, so we are going to be talking about minimalism as a tool to becoming debt-free. What are some of the practical tips that you have that I guess are considered minimalist that got you there? Just, I want to apply this to people that are listening.
1: Absolutely. So I would say one of the first places you could start is clear your calendar if you are less busy, then you have the time to slow down and focus more on making better money decisions. You're going to be in less of a place of making hasty decisions. You won't be running from activity to activity. um, and you're more likely to be really intentional with where your money is going instead of acting from a place of needing that convenience because you are more hurried. Mm -hmm. So that would be my first step. Clear your calendar. My second step would be practicing digital minimalism. Mm -hmm. And that is because it's estimated that people see between 6,000 and 10,000 ads a day, which sounds crazy because we don't really recognize that we are seeing all of those ads and most of it is online digital marketing because we're spending a lot of time in front of screens or even listening to the radio or a podcast and we will hear so many ads every day and we don't realize we're being advertised to and even like the most inconspicuous marketing like a lifestyle image on social media even if the intent is not to market products to you, it will often do that when you see this lifestyle that you want to emulate. So I would definitely recommend cutting back on your interactions with the digital world. Uh, You'll see an immediate effect on your happiness with your own life and your ability to keep money in your wallet. So that's number two, practice digital minimalism. Number three, shop really only when you need to. Maybe even set a specific day of the week When you're going to be doing your shopping and when you realize that you need to make a purchase, if you've just run out of something, control that impulse to go out and immediately purchase that item because inevitably you are going to pick up a few unnecessary items. So instead, try to find a substitute around your house or simply see if you can do without that item. Mm -hmm. And the other tip I have is to make gratitude a daily. Part of what you are doing. Have a gratitude practice. Appreciate the things that you have. Say it out loud. Think it in your head. Fill your moments with gratitude. Think about what you're grateful for because when you appreciate what you have, you are going to be spending less time thinking about what you need to be obtaining, what you need to be purchasing to improve your life, which we know isn't really the case. You can't buy your way to happiness.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm thinking that there are people in my life that don't really understand why my husband and I are so frugal or just that I, I do feel like I am constantly, I guess, justifying certain expense. Like how do I phrase it? I don't know. I'll just ask that question. Do you feel like there was pressure and then how to navigate that?
1: So I absolutely have pressure within my life from um, family members and from friends to make decisions that are going to go against my minimalist values and Mm -hmm. against my value of uh, saving money. That is a constant. I can think of multiple situations right now where I have had to um, turn down plans to do things or decide that, you know, I'm not going to take part in an activity or just kind of answer to, um, the questions of, well, why are you not doing that? Or why, uh, why don't you just go ahead and make things easier by spending this money now? Or, you know, um, that is something that I face regularly. And first thing that I think about is that, I don't need to justify any of my decisions, especially with my finances to anyone other than of course, my husband, we're making these decisions together. Mm -hmm. And as long as are happy with them, then that is what matters because no one else is going to be living in my shoes, in my situation, in my home. And so whatever I'm deciding to do with my money, with my time, with my resources, it ultimately needs to be to my benefit before I'm considering what anyone else is expecting. I let go of what other people thought of me a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And it's so freeing and amazing to be able to do that and just have that confidence that I'm making the right decision and that the people who are really there for me and want the best for me, they are going to be supportive. And I absolutely have friends like that in my life as well, who are so supportive Mm -hmm. of the decisions that I'm making, even if it affects them and their ability to spend time with me or talk to me about certain things or feel like, you know, we're doing the same things and that we're, uh, you know, kind of on the, on the same page, they're supportive that we're gonna have our different ways of doing things. And I support them and they support me and it's great. And that's, you know what I really expect out of a friendship and what I think a lot of us should be aiming for in the people we surround ourselves with.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And I think that uh, I don't want to throw people under the bus, but I think that it is such an important thing as an adult to be able to set those relational boundaries with people. And I feel like so much of like kind of that young adult, not young adulthood, but maybe like and In, into your 30s i feel like that's when you really need to develop that because a lot of people are having kids or they have jobs that they need to just prioritize and so i don't know i think it's a very important skill to hone and again that doesn't mean that you're ungrateful or, or rude but to be able to say no or to be able to explain yourself i don't know i i've noticed that so much that i don't get nearly as flustered when I explain myself, if I'm confident in how, and what I'm explaining.
1: And also know that sometimes you don't, you don't owe everyone mm-hmm. an explanation. Mm-hmm. So that's just, people no, just practicing saying no, or no, thank you, or I can't make it, or that doesn't work for me with no explanation is very nice. It just feels really good to know, you don't have to explain yourself because even in doing that you can kind of judge up those doubts of oh well actually maybe i could make this work so i try to remind myself when asked like oh are you going to come out to this event
0: be like no thank you i won't be able to make it and then just leave it at that yeah no i i love that you said that i think that's really important so i want to shift gears slightly you and i were chatting before we got on the call and we were talking about the hashtag that you like to use and it's hashtag, but what does it cost? So I'll allow you to tell me a little bit more about this. And then my second question is why is it important to consider that when making a purchase?
1: So I love minimalism and I love, you know, using my resources wisely and, uh, living within my means. But I also really still enjoy scrolling through and looking at beautiful curated images of people's mm-hmm. houses and their wardrobes and I appreciate those things, but then I often can feel like they're in opposition of my values, and I don't want to get caught up in the fantasy of seeing something online or seeing uh, something in person you know at a friend's house and feeling like. I need to have that in my life. And one of the ways that I've kind of been able to quickly get myself to realize and appreciate that that image, that thing might be good for one person, but doesn't fit for what I'm trying to do is when I know how much time and money it took Mm -hmm. to get that thing. And so the kind of goal that I have with this hashtag is to make it more acceptable for people to talk about how much things cost how much time it took to obtain them how much time it took to save for them uh, because when I see that information and I've when I've talked to others and when they see that information it can help them to realize if something is worth them um, you know planning for or thinking that it's something that they need in their life. And I also feel like it can add a little bit of transparency to mm-hmm. kind of the influencer world that's out there. I can think of one circumstance recently that if people had posted how much money something costs and how much time it took them to do it. And if I knew this in seeing an image, I would have immediately been like, nope, not for me. Mm-hmm. And that is, those beautiful like fall porch scapes that people have, you know, fall comes around and we get so excited and we're like, Oh, I'll get all the pumpkins and the mums and, uh, all the other kind of fun, like fall stuff that you see. And it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself this fall, I'm going to do that. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to slowly buy the stuff and just my my porch is gonna look beautiful. It's gonna be great. And I was like, I'll just start with like a few things. And so I went to the farmers market. I got four pumpkins and I got two mums. I'm just like I'll just start there. Just, mm-hmm. just to start. And it was a hundred and twenty dollars for those six items. Mm-hmm. And I can't even imagine I didn't even bother to do the math to think about how much it costs someone to decorate their porch more lavishly than that with tons of mums and tons of pumpkins and hay bales and, and all that stuff. And, uh, I just was like, I should have stopped and, and thought about it for a second and realized, you know, Hey, this, this takes a lot of money and a lot of time. And I have to decide if this is worth me putting my resources to, do I want to put $120 plus towards a front porch that I don't see, but that people see when they're driving by my house, and uh, that kind of is just one of many situations where I feel like if I know how much something cost or how much time it took, it'll give it kind of snaps me out of the fantasy of oh I want that or oh I can make that happen, and I'll just be like that's nice, but it's not for me, and I can move on.
0: I am definitely right there with you. <laughs> I was thinking about that because we we used to have a really long porch at the duplex we lived at. And I considered the same thing. I'm like, Oh, this is going to look so great. And then I considered how much a pumpkin cost, And I was like, Oh, I I don't, I don't think I really want to spend that money. And I do again, going back to like people in your life, they definitely consider me more of a Scrooge because even if the holidays I'm like, well, yeah, who am I decorating for it? Like I definitely decorate a little bit more now, but it's things that, don't really cost I love shopping secondhand for secondhand um, like holiday decorations they're kind of vintage I think that's fun or like using the outside to decorate your inside for Christmas or even any any time of year I guess you could do but yeah I I don't think that I'm being a Scrooge <laughs> I think that this is our preference but I guess it's gonna look different for everyone because if you're really into that whole, Harvest vibe, and that's what you want to do and spend your money on, then like have at it. But I think that if we're talking about debt freedom in general, it's probably not the best idea, and that hashtag can be really beneficial.
1: Absolutely. I mean, yeah, if you're if you have a lot of debt to pay off, or if you're trying to reach a big financial goal, even now we don't have debt, but we have a lot of goals. For our finances. And so I think about, okay, would I rather, you know, like you were saying, would I rather have all of these extravagant Christmas decorations and buy all this garland and just go all out and, you know, look at what that costs? And I'm like, well, I could spend that money or... That could be something that I could put more money into the mutual fund this year. I could put more money towards this renovation, mm-hmm. uh, like always something against a new kitchen that 's my big goal right now is we want to renovate our house in the next year, mm-hmm. and so i 'll look at it and i 'll say, "Do I want that new thing, or do I want the new kitchen and ninety nine percent of the time that kitchen wins. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know absolutely. I have an upcoming experience that was going to be for the, I decided not to go because it was so expensive, but I had an experience coming up and the hotel alone was going to be $600 for the weekend on just for me to pay. And I just had to say like, I just don't spend $600 on hotels. I just, when I look at what I can get for this value versus this value, it's just not worth it to me. I'm never going to put a bunch of money towards a hotel because that's not something that is worthwhile. Again, this is not really debt freedom. It's just something that made me think about what you were saying earlier.
1: I think it's a great method though. And it's just as applicable because, you know, we only have, we, we have finite resources, you know, money. Mm -hmm time, like our attention, it's all finite. And we have to have some boundaries. Mm -hmm. And if you have a set idea in your head of what you're willing to spend your money on, that's a really great place to be because it can allow you to spend way less time thinking about a decision. You can move right past it. As soon as you realize that is not something that I do, Mm -hmm. I can, On, I can focus on something else. Um, I feel like that's a part of minimalism too. You kind of set guidelines for yourself when you know yourself Mm -hmm. of what you value. There's a lot of cultural things when you live counterculture Mm -hmm. that can make you look like a bad person or an inconsiderate or a selfish Mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. And I know deep down that that is not who I am. And so I know it's okay when I'm choosing to not do these things that everyone else is doing, even if it makes them angry because my heart is in the right place and I have to, I have to live for myself and for my family and not everybody else.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, Share where listeners can find you. You can find me on Instagram at lauren
1: underscore E-T-C. So L-A-U-R-E-N underscore E-T-C.
0: Well, this was so wonderful. Like I said, I just appreciate your personal stories. And I don't know. I think that that helps people see that this just didn't happen necessarily overnight. Like you actually did have to, I don't want to say fight for the debt freedom. But like at a point in time, you were really struggling with that element of your life. So yeah, I just appreciate you sharing your story and your time today. Thank you so much for having me, Diane. This was great. What did you think of this conversation with Lauren? I appreciated her deep dive of the hashtag, but what does it cost? I'll have to start following along to see what and how people are posting. Did Lauren's tips inspire you today? I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find the links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.